Welcome to our Frontline City Church podcast. This message will activate and inspire you in the supernatural love of God to find your purpose and reach your destiny through Christ. God is good. I'm going to just jump straight in and begin to share with you. Jeremiah 24 verse 7. I want to encourage you, family, take notes. You know what? You walk out of here and you forget everything that I said, as well as you need to go check in your Bibles because maybe I'm preaching heresy. You've got to check in your Bibles for yourself. What does the word say? So if you've got phones, take the scriptures down at least. Make notes. When you go over it again, it seeps into your spirit. And things change. And life happens in an incredible way. Jeremiah 24 verse 7. I'm reading for the New Living Translation. I will give them hearts that recognize me as the Lord. Say, recognize me. They will be my people and I will be their God. For they will return to me wholeheartedly. You see, God's about to give you a heart that recognizes who he actually is. Not religion. To recognize him. A heart that recognizes me as the Lord. That's God's heart for us. He wants us to see him for him. Not religion. Not this Christianity thing. But for the person he is. To know Jesus wholeheartedly with everything inside of us. Every area of your life. To know his lordship. What does it mean, lordship? He wants you to know him as lord. As the one that leads your life. That You, say, you see, dad always says you can't say yes uh, or no. Unless he's your Lord. If you say no, then he's not your Lord. If he says, will you? Then you say, yes, Lord. A slave cannot fight his master. But you see, we're not just calling him our Lord like our master. But he's our daddy God. And he wants relationship. He wants to know you in every part of your life. Who you are. I will give them hearts to recognize me as the Lord. To know who he is and also to know whose you are. Who do you belong to? You see, this scripture in Jeremiah says, not only are you going to know him, but you're going to know that you belong to him. It's an incredible thing to belong Where the Spirit of God is, you find home. You find home. I want to talk from a wife's perspective. Can I? Okay. And no, you're not in trouble today, my love, today, you know. I'm his wife. I know his heart for me. And I also know I'm secure in his love for me. Because I know he loves me wholeheartedly. 
I honor him. So everything in my being wants to do what pleases him. Because I honor him. Okay? And I know I belong. This is home. Now that's just a picture of our, how our relationship should be with God the Father. He's home. Do you see what I'm saying? He's safety. He's where we want to please him. Not because of a bunch of rules, but because of our heart relationship. Amen? Amen. 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 Isaiah 42 verse 1 from the Amplified says, Behold my servant. Everybody do this. Behold my servant. Whom I uphold. God upholds you. My chosen one in whom my soul delights. Stop right there. Pause. God's soul wants to delight in your soul. Wow. What? God wants to delight in you. His soul. In other words, God is saying in this scripture, everything that makes him God, his soul wants to delight in your soul. Whew, that blows my mind. That's a God that wants intimacy with me. That's a different looking at way of looking at things. So I want to ask a question. Here I come, the prophetic side of me. Is your soul a place that God can delight in? You see, God wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to you about his plans and his purposes for your life. The great things that he's got in store for you. But sometimes... Our souls are so full of stuff, we can't actually hear him. And we forget to allow him to be Lord in our soul. Sometimes the voices and the things out there shout louder. You know what I'm saying? You know, in my book I wrote about my journey. My book's called Just Breathe, Breathe. And physically, I had to learn to breathe again. Long before COVID. All three months before COVID hit the world. And I had to physically teach myself to breathe. Breathe in, hold. Breathe in, hold. But some of us are walking around life <laughs> that our hearts are filled with stale carbon dioxide, monoxide, and all the bad stuff. And we've forgotten how to let God into our hearts and to breathe in who he is. So I want to say to you, just breathe. Close your eyes for a second. He's here. Just breathe. In and let go. This is not some new age fangled stuff. This is just breathing, okay? 
Just simple breathing. I'm not into all the weird stuff, okay? God gave us breath. We've got to learn to breathe. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, in every aspect of our lives. God wants you to learn to open your soul to Him. Why? Because He wants to tell you things. He wants to cause you to remember the things that He's called you to. Isaiah 42 verse 9 says, Behold, the former things have come to pass. In other words, lots happened. Everybody say with me, lots has happened. Okay. And new things I declare before they spring forth. I tell you of them. How many uh, have had promises from God? Hey? How many have had God call them to something? To business? To worship? To whatever? And somehow, like Evangelist says, it's taking its time. Let's be honest. It gets difficult sometimes. Sometimes all we can see is the negative stuff that happened around us and we lose our focus. And we forget to breathe Him in. You see, God gives you a promise. And when God gives you a promise, He speaks to you. And when, when you got saved, the reason why you hear is because God spoke. So say, I do hear God's voice. Okay? God gave you a promise. He said that you're going to spend eternity with him. He gave you promises in his word that by his stripes you are healed. He gave promises that he wants to do good for you with all of his heart and with all of his soul. He wants to encounter you. He wants to just delight in who you are. So I want to ask you, with the promises that God has given, are you going to keep declaring His promises? How long is eternity? How long is eternity? Say with me, hallelujah. hallelujah. You've just spoken a word that is echoing across eternity. God is good. Say with me. God is good. We've made a statement that is echoing across eternity. You see, you're an eternal being. And if you don't get or push into the presence of God or who He is, you're not going to be speaking eternal life. You will end up speaking eternal death. I can't do this. Oh, it's so hard. God doesn't keep His promises. I'm giving up. God, where are you? I feel so sorry for myself. Come on, I've done that. You see, in the book of Acts, 3 verse 19. I want to ask, who's felt like that the last two years? Okay. 
Acts 3 verse 19, I'm reading this from the New King James, and you're going to hear this scripture many, many, many times. Repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of God. So maybe you think, oh, I don't have any sins. No big ones. Haven't killed anybody lately. Almost. But maybe you've not really let him be Lord over the things in your heart, over the words that you speak, over the lies that you believe. God's forgotten me. I'm a nobody and a nothing. In my book, I talk about my experience with that spirit. I'm not unique. But I also encounter the love of God. The person of who God is. And I decided, I don't care anymore what it takes. I'm opening up my heart and my soul so Jesus Christ can have true lordship. Does that make me perfect? Heck no. Am I going to do it wrong? For sure. Am I going to disappoint? Am I sometimes going to lose my temper? I hope not. But you know what? Life happens, eh? We live in a fallen world. The difference is I choose to repent. And I choose to turn around. And I choose to make my soul a place where God can find delight in. Because I want Him. I want the person of who Jesus Christ is. Let me ask you, do you know Him? Do you know who He is? Do you know His kindness? Do you know His mercy? Do you know His goodness? Or do we run from Him when we get hurt and disappointed? Because we're doing it our way and we forget that He is Lord and He wants to be part I want to say to you, this is the season for refreshing of His presence. This is the season for refreshing of His presence. We've been preaching a lot from the book of Nehemiah. Everybody say, Nehemiah chapter 4. So I'm going to quickly read through it, but I'm going to concentrate on verse 10, I think, 10 and 11. So... Um, they were building the wall that had been destroyed, the walls of Israel. And the people from verse 6 began to work with real enthusiasm. Isn't that sometimes how we start out? Yeah, I got saved. Hallelujah. Woo, this Christianity thing, eh? So exciting. And then life carries on. And life happens. Verse 7, but. When there's a but, you know, okay? We sometimes have too many buts. In our lives. But when Sabalat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashadites heard that the work was going ahead and that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being uh, repaired, they were furious. The enemy gets mad. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. But we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. So the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired and there's so much rubble to be moved. We would never be able to build the wall by ourselves. 
Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and end their work. Satan's object is to kill the work of God. Let me say that again. His whole objective, his strategy is to kill the work of God. But we are not afraid. Because you know what? When you know him, you know it's going to turn out okay. The battle is already won. Yeah, maybe the storm is raging and it's not lacquer. I know. I know when I was fighting for my life, it's not lacquer. I know when every second I didn't know I was going to die. I know in every second I had to say, breathe, breathe, breathe. God's got you. And I said, God, the promises you've gave me, I haven't seen them come to pass yet. I will not give up. Change me. Forgive me. Clean me out. Do in my life what needs to be done. Because I want you. And I want to see your promises in my life. But not just for my life. For the church. For the people I love, for my children, and for the, my children's children, we got to, family, we got to, we got to do this. So they built this wall with all their heart. They put everything they had into it. But, 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 you know what? When you're all clogged up, you can't breathe. Yeah. Hey, come on. If any of you have had flu and a chesty flu or suffered from asthma or anything like that, you try and take a breath. <coughs> this is how we are spiritually sometimes. <coughs> really, you know, I ask you. And I'm not just talking about a church. We need to be able to breathe in the presence of God in our businesses, in our work, in our families, at school, at varsity, in our homes, with our children. Just stop, fix your eyes on Jesus, and breathe him in. You see, I do that because I make everything in me stop so I can refocus on Him. Sometimes when we grow quiet, we need to stop everything, all the voices, and say, okay, God, it's me and you. Sometimes all you can do is just take a breath and let go. And take a breath and let go and allow Him to come in and touch you in that deepest, deepest part. So there's four causes of discouragement that Satan comes against the believer. And I'm going to go through these very quickly. Number one is fatigue. You're tired all the time. You stay physically and emotionally exhausted. You're angry. 
you're frustrated, and the enemy attacks you all the time, non-stop. And you just get up, the enemy comes. Connor, you play rugby. It's like the entire rugby team comes and attacks you. And you just get back up, they tackle you again. Do you know that feeling, Connor? No. <laughs> Who here feels like they've been a little bit tackled by life? Yeah. Hey? All right. And then what do we do? We complain. I can't do this anymore. I've done that. I've said, I'm over this. I've had enough. God, get somebody else. I want an easier life. But then I said yes to him as Lord. You, you have fatigue because you're continually fighting for money. You're continually fighting for business. You're continually fighting for relationships. You're continually fighting for your family. For your loved ones, for your ministry to be noticed. And it's a continual fighting. And all God is saying to you is stop that. Come to me. The times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Isaiah 40, verse 1 to 2, the New King James says, Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to, to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. I'm here to tell you today, your warfare has ended. Listen, you need to understand the season we are in. We are in a season of breakthrough. Say with me, breakthrough. Say with me, my warfare has ended. Do you believe that? So just like we've had double trouble. Okay. So we are going into a season of double blessing. Double, double, as dad says. Double blessing. How? How? By pushing into his presence. Because he wants to encounter you in the core of your being. You see, all the favor and the blessings and the good things come. And we are able to get up and fight when we know him. And we've stopped and we've breathed him in a little bit and found who he is again. Somebody shout, my war is ended. ended. I'm in for double restoration. restoration. Deuteronomy 25, verse 17 to 18, the New Living Translation says, Never forget what the Amalekites did to you as you came from Egypt. They attacked you. Listen to this. They attacked you when you were exhausted. And weary. And they struck down those who are struggling behind. Mm. 
Satan will target people that are straggling behind. Have you ever seen uh, when lions uh, attack a herd of buffalo? They look for the wounded ones, the stragglers. They don't go take the strongest ones down, the vulnerable. But I want to say to you, that when you've allowed the presence of God to restore your heart, you go fetch the stragglers. You go link arms with the stragglers. Have you seen when those buffalo turn and they go and fetch one of their own from the lines? It's time. Say, it's time. It's time. Times of refreshing from his presence. But times to go and fetch those who are battling. We don't want Satan to target us as believers. And we've all been there. Because the, 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 the fatigue. I don't have any more strength to do this. I can't. I give up. Satan will come and take you. Where will he attack you? Stopping you from coming corporately to worship at church. Oh, I can't get out of bed today. I don't need church today. I'll just watch online. Now, I want to say to the online viewers, I know some of you have no alternative right now. And we love you and we bless you. But ultimately, we've got to get into a place where we can corporately link arms with one another and worship God. Because something happens. There's a change when we worship God together. Your life changes. Who wants their life to change? Okay. God's not confused. Do you agree with me? There's no such thing as only God at home. God's a God of people. God says, don't forsake the gathering together. There's a reason. So we have to push into his presence for ourselves. And we have to push into his presence corporately. That's one of the biggest ways to defeat fatigue. Okay? Frustration is the next one. Obstacles that stop us from entering the presence of God and getting the promises. Uh, Also Nehemiah 14, verse 4, verse 10. Also B, the the section B, we're going to read that. Then the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired and there is so much rubble to be removed. (coughs) Almost like what we're going to do. Remove all the rubble. But sometimes life in general and the promises that we don't seem to have fulfilled, it just becomes so much. It's just too much. We just want to give up. And all we can see is the rubble and the wrong things and the issues. Amen? Amen. Frustration causes discouragement. And when you're frustrated and you're discouraged, you lose your position on the wall because you can't fight. 
Guys, I know it's getting hot in here. We'll have our aircons in there one of these days. Hallelujah. You know, we lose, we lose our position and we get mad at God. It's not our timing, it's God's timing. But when you get yourself back into the place, when you hear the testimonies like you heard this morning, what does it do? It causes you to take your eyes off your rubble in your soul and to refocus on what God is saying. Yeah, God, if you can do it for them, you can do it for me. Don't become so frustrated that you stop doing ministry, business, work, family, relationship, serving from a place of love and a place of His presence. If you're just doing it, God's not wrong. The church is not wrong. You need to step back and find him again. Does that make sense? Does that mean something to you? So what did I say? Fatigue, frustration, failure is the next one. Write that down. And they said, we will never be able to build this wall by ourselves. I just give up. I can't do this. It's too much. It's too hard. Nobody understands my pain. Ouch. Have you ever failed at something? Who's failed at something at a subject? At a race, not winning a race at school? A business, relationships, marriage, being a good son or daughter, church, being pastors. When we focus on the failure of ourselves and of others, we become negative, critical of ourselves and of others. And ultimately of God. You need God and you need others. You need to be in a place where we can be real. I'm sick of churches. Excuse my French. Okay. Where you've got to be so spiritually superhuman. That you can't be real for fear. That if I'm real. I'm going to be disqualified and kicked out. I'm real. What you see is what you get. Because I want the real. And in my book that I wrote, <laughs> asked my husband, I'm pretty raw. And I'm very, very open. And very, very vulnerable. And it has caused me a lot of persecution from my side of the family, even in this last week again. But you know what? It's okay. Because I said yes. I said yes. 
Church is a place where the presence of God says, I love you and I accept you and you are going to be okay. And this is the year where God is going to restore everything who you are. I believe it. I'm seeing it. I expect it. Let's begin to declare it because our words have uh, uh, repercussions eternally. The word of God, if we confess the word of God, what you confess out your mouth is going to go for eternity. When the doctor said to me, you will never be without oxygen. You will never be able to sleep lying down again. You will have to sit up with your head on a table and oxygen pops everywhere. And that's the way you're going to sleep and live and breathe for the rest of your life. I said, God, you said. God, you said. And some days, that's all I had. God, you said. And day in and day out, I took that word, the scripture. And I would say, God, today, I made it. I'm awake. I'm alive. And sometimes I would be so scared to go to sleep. I would be. Because I thought, if I close my eyes, I'm going to die. But God, you said. God, you said. I had 101 scriptures of healing that I read through day in and day out. Sometimes I would sit at my mirror, oxygen pipes, and I would say, Mandy's body, God said, you will not die, but you will live and you will declare the word of God. Just breathe. Just breathe him in. Think about his word, who he is. I'm somebody that said yes. When you said to him, yes, Lord, come into my heart, you said yes. That means anything is possible. Anything is possible. Don't give up. This is your season. This is your time. This is the reason why you're sitting in this place. Because God is about to unfold his destiny for your life. Hallelujah. Say for me, God has a plan for my life. I will not fear. Fear is the fourth thing. Nehemiah 4 verse 11. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and end their work. I want you to say to the person next to you, my work is just starting. Fear, say with me, fear is not an option because my eyes are fixed on the person and the word of Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't get fearful of how you're going to make it or how you're going to do it. Don't be fearful of who's going to love you. Don't be fearful for your children's school, the schooling. Or will your children make it? What happens if? Come on. 
but God. Don't be fearful for if your marriage fails. Don't fear that because today God is giving you promises for restoration. What happens if my parents divorce? What happens if my parents die? What happens if my sibling dies? What happens if I get fired? Oh, I'm so scared. What if there's another virus? You know, I like science fiction. <laughs> Sorry. I'm a sci-fi fan. And, um, yeah, I, I, I enjoy a good zombie movie. I confess. I confess. There, I'm being open and real, all right? You know the one where they have a biological weapon and it screws with people's brains? Whew, that's exciting, okay? Because I like science. I like to explore wormholes and possibilities and what can happen in time travel. That's me. Some of you are really not into that. It's okay, all right? But sometimes we can have fear of things, even like that. We watch the news and the media and we see the wars that are happening. What if it comes to us? What if there's more riots in this country? What if, what if, what if? Can I say something to you? What if? What if? God is still on the throne. And he's got your back. He's got your back. Because he delights in who you are. You. You're worthwhile. Tell somebody next to me, you, you're worthwhile. So don't fear. Genesis 2, and I'm coming in for a close. You're probably saying hallelujah. <laughs> Genesis 2 verse 7 from the Amplified says, Then the Lord God formed, that is, he created the body of man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being, an individual, complete in body and spirit, complete in soul. You see, God himself is the only source of our breath. Close your eyes. Take a breath. And release. You see, God gave you that breath. That makes you very important. The breath you have. It's his life. We can't do this without him. You can't. You can't doing this without letting him have real lordship of your soul. Can I have the worship team up here, please? His breath. His breath. He breathed you in the breath of life. Just like in the natural, you're breathing. I want you all to stand. Can we do that when I lock eyes? I want to read Isaiah 42 again. You can take this too. Behold, my servant whom I uphold. 
my chosen one in whom my soul delights. Today is your day. Today is your day. Say with me, it's my day for restoration. Pray with me, Lord Jesus, I invite you to come into my soul. Fill me with who you are. I repent from frustration. I repent from being anxious. I repent from fatigue. I repent from fear. I lay it down. I refuse to look at the rubble. I look to you, the author and the finisher of my life. I breathe you in, Lord, because you are the breath of life. Fill me now with your breath. I surrender. We hope that you enjoyed today's message. Our services are streamed live on our Facebook page every Sunday morning at 9.30. For more information and resources, please go to our website www.frontlinecitychurch.co.za or look us up on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube.